This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. In just a few months, the greatest athletes in the world will display their talents at the Olympics in Brazil. But this is a country that seemingly is not even close to ready for the Games, as well as the many other issues going on right now, the corruption investigation which continues, the outbreak of the Zika virus, and of course the economic situation in general. Felipe Montero is Assistant Professor of Strategy at INSEAD. He's also a Senior Fellow at Wharton's Mac Institute. He joins us on the phone to discuss all of these issues. Felipe, great to catch up with you again. Hello, Dan. Thanks for having me in your show again. Thank you. Uh, I used the term big mess. Is that kind of proper to explain what all is going on in Brazil right now? I, I think it is not an overstatement. It's a big mess. What is it that is the most concerning thing for you right now? So I think the most concerning thing it is there's no clear indication of where it's going to end. So I think it's a fascinating time in terms of observing, right? Every day there's a new development. Every day there's a lot of tension, political tension, a lot of uncertainties. So I think my major concern at this point is really find the the light at the end of the tunnel. I I don't think we can see that yet. And I don't think there's much question that a lot of people would like to see this cleaned up in the next few months. But as you said, there doesn't seem to be any any kind of uh, uh, light at the end of the tunnel at this point. And with such a, a big event like the Olympics coming up in a few months, this is going to be a, a piece to a lot of the coverage that goes on in Brazil. Yes. Uh, then I, I would always kind of separate what it is, the kind of the Olympics, in, to the extent of it is only in Rio, um, right? Most yeah. of the investment for it, or almost all the investment for it, has already been done. So I'm honestly, I'm less worried about. I think Brazil's going to pull it off. Okay. Olympics are going to happen. I'm less worried about that. I'm more worried about real, really Brazil in the long term. What it means, what it means to be in such a right, a big political crisis uh, like we're facing now. So I think. Obviously, right for for the global audience, um, a lot of people will be watching Brazil. Um, so it's going to happen in August, so only five months from now. Um, but I think the sport event, the Olympics, I think it's going to go okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brazil pulled it off when we had the the soccer World Cup. Uh, I think it's right. Rio is prepared for for it. Um, I, I'm more worried about the, the political situation, uh, the economic situation, and, um, and and obviously, right, all those things happening at the same time, you, you really feel in the middle of the hurricane. And we'll get to the political stuff in just a second, but also you have, as I mentioned, the Zika virus as well, and, you know, there's varying levels of uh, of concern about that. Uh, what are you hearing from some of the people down, down in Brazil about that point specifically? So I think what is going to happen, so the Zika, right, we are in the middle of we had we just finished summer right yeah. now in the south hemisphere so summer was the the peak of the infection um from the zika virus so a lot of people were really worried concerned it was a, a major issue all over the country so we, it is not concentrated in one area or another all over the country uh i think when it goes to the olympics um i think nature is going to 
is going to help because Olympics is going to be winter in Brazil. So typically it's, it's not a, a time of the year where you have a lot of mosquitoes and what we have. So I think uh, the long-term solution for the Zika virus is going to take longer. And I think we need, right, like the World Health Organization is kind of trying to find cooperation all over the world to find a vaccine, etc. So I think we won't find a solution for the virus um, before the Olympics. But I think the worry about, right, the the con- the, right, the, the situation in Rio for the Olympics is less of an issue simply because of the weather at that time of the year. We're talking with Felipe Montero, Assistant Professor of Strategy at INSEAD. We're talking about all the issues in Brazil. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Uh, on to the government issues. Um, the term impeachment is floating around right now in Brazil. Uh, how real of... If you're putting this on a scale of 1 to 100, how real is the possibility at this point? I think it's much closer to 100 than, than to 1, so I would put something like 80, 85%. Uh, and it's interesting then because we had this conversation right a few months yep. back. Yep. And I think when you asked me that question, I said, listen, at that point, I think impeachment will be a topic that's going to be discussed in Congress, but I was really not thinking it would go all the way through. As I see the situation today, I think it, it really only exacerbated uh, all concerns that people had uh, about the current government. And I, right, it, let's let's kind of also step back and remember, right, Brazil is a democracy. Uh, a lot of the democratic process, right, they yeah. take they take time. So I'm happy that things are not nobody's looking for a shortcut for the impeachment. But I think. Even as we think about going through the, right, the formal process of impeachment, I think we have, there's a strong likelihood it's going to happen. There is also the story that obviously popped up last week with uh, the former president, Luis Ignacio da Silva, uh, being questioned uh, about the ongoing corruption investigation. And then also the want by Dilma Rousseff, I guess, to bring him in to her administration which a lot of people see as just a bit, a bit of a move to potentially get him out from under the potential questioning and, and any potential uh, guilt that he may have in this process. So remember, right, Lula was the most popular Brazilian president in recent history, right? Some people would say in Brazilian history. So you, he was, right, he left government a few years ago. Um, the current president was his protege. And in the middle of the crisis, right, um, this long, right, this two-year corruption probe that's been, right, affecting a number of Brazilian businesses, a lot of Brazilian kind of very important businessmen are now uh, in jail. They reached the point of getting very close to the former president. Yeah. And, right, he was even questioned, etc. And I think the real drama last week was the, the current president decided to appoint him as her chief of staff, and what happens with that? It, that gives him right privilege, legal status that he can only now his case, right? His involvement in the corruption and money laundering case can only be judged by the Brazilian Supreme Court. Right. So you can imagine why right, the reaction of the population when they see him, right? And when I say the reaction of the population, you can think about the two, right? those who support him, but also uh, those who are really Worry about his involvement when they see that instead of being judged by right by the judge 
conducting the process, now he, his case is going to be analyzed only by the Supreme Court. Is there any belief at this point that the process of, as you said, the the percentage of possibility of impeachment actually happening with President Rousseff is kind of growing right now. But is there a concern that because, you know, potentially you've had all this corruption in the past, that the path towards impeachment could get derailed as well? Yeah, I think, right, Brazil is a young democracy, so it is pretty new. And I think let's also think broader here. I think a case like that is a pretty unprecedented case in many emerging markets. So it's not only Brazil. So if on the one hand we see, right, as you were saying, we see that the impeachment process is is going through, there's a strong popular mobilization supporting it. Um, I think there are still strong concerns of how far Right? Investigators will be able to pursue the corruption uh, case. How far they are going to really be able to get not kind of small politicians or small businessmen, really the, the big ones. And, and, right? and the judge who is leading this process, he really studied right, the clean hands processes yep. in, in Italy. And I think the, the main right, strategy there is, okay, you follow the money and you go and you're going to get the, to the boss, right? To the yep. person really had in the... And when you when you reach a former president, you see that you're very close, really, to getting to the boss. And, and it does seem a little bit almost like that maybe the path, in order to figure out exactly who is wrong here, uh, at least at this point, is to push forward with the impeachment on Miss Rousseff, and that seemingly may open up a lot of doors to to figure out what's going on. Uh, I have mixed feelings about this, okay. uh, then, because you know what is important, what makes this case even more complex and, and complicated, is when you look at Congress and when you look right at the president of the lower house, uh, the president of the Senate as well, both of them are also being investigated. So I think it is, and, and this is also what kind of makes that light at the end of the tunnel less certain, yeah. which means even if she's impeached, it's not clear. Right. What's going to be the next step? Right. Because one one possibility is he's going to be impeached, and then you have the vice president uh, becoming the, the next president. But it's still, right? You have a lot of other those very senior politicians in the Senate, right, in the lower house, uh, also involved. So I think even if we go to the impeachment, um, I think the we wouldn't have reached the end of the story by then. The economy itself in Brazil has obviously been a a, a big concern. Uh, what is the state of it right now? Because this is a recession that is uh, is really affecting a lot of the business down there. Correct? That's right. So I think the recession last year was a very strong one. Uh, so the Brazilian uh, economy right shrunk four percent. I think that's the same expectation for this year. So really serious recession. Uh, on the other hand. A lot of it is a result of the business sector being really worried about or being prepared, right, to invest and being prepared to make decisions uh, given the political uncertainty. Right. So, just yeah. to give an example: in the past ten days, the real appreciated ten percent, just with the prospect that there will be some change in government. Right? So, you see how much markets and see how much the the business sector is also kind of reflecting their uncertainties in, in, in this government. And I think the possibility of a change, a possibility of a more, right, of, of changing the economy and changing the government may also release a number of that. 
And on top of that, uh, if the if you're starting to see the the currency boost up a little bit, what are the other partners of Brazil, other countries, doing at this point? Ones that they have relationships with, are they in some respects sitting back and watching as well how this all plays out? So uh, when I talk to foreign investors, I think the overall sentiment is at this point everybody's watching it and waiting to see what's going to happen. So. I think what is important also to contextualize is Brazil is a very important economy in the global economy, right? Yeah. So when you think about emerging markets, it's one of the most important ones. Uh, so I don't see the sentiment of, you know, uh, we're going to leave Brazil or Brazil is out of our radar. I think it's pretty much a sentiment of, okay, we have to wait and see what's going to happen. Um, and Brazil also relies a lot when you think about economy, and especially when you think about what drove growth in Brazil in kind of the past 10 years. Yeah. Brazil relies a lot on China. So I think whatever happens in China in terms of demand for commodities may help or hurt Brazil. Uh, at the same time, I think, and I think we should emphasize that because in the middle of this big mess, there's one positive aspect, which is right, how democratic and how, right, how the institutions are showing their strength. Yeah. Um, so I think this also gives some reassurance to Brazilian partners worldwide say, yes, you know, uh, many countries in a situation like that, uh, right, it's very easy to go to non-democratic solutions. And I think as tough as it is the situation, uh, this is not, hasn't been the path Brazil has chosen. So I think this is very good. We're talking with Felipe Montero of INSEAD, also a senior fellow here at the Wharton Mac Institute. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Just the general feeling of the people down there in Brazil right now with the potential of this change going on, they have to feel that that the opportunity for a significant shift may be starting to form, may still be a ways off, but at least it's starting to form a little bit. I think that's half of the story. So if you talk to, I don't know, we have to say if it's 50%, 60%, if you talk to one part of the population, that's exactly what you're feeling. I think there's a feeling of hope. There's a feeling of mobilization. There's a feeling of that's enough, right? We cannot allow this to continue. Uh, It's very good that we're seeing a corruption Cases like this being so publicized, you have this, right, this mobilization. You had millions of people in the streets of Brazil. So that's one part of, of, the, of the equation. But we should also not ignore, okay? There's another segment of the population, I don't know if it's 30% or 40% or 25%, which still supports very much this government. So yeah. I think the, the other part of that story is also a segment of the Brazilian population saying, you know, this is people want to. This is a coup. We should not allow this. I mean, the go, the president was democratically elected, so let's not. So, and, and I think this is a very nuanced view, which we should also right understand and, and think about in terms of what are the, the next developments. Is at this point, there's a lot of this polarization, a lot yeah. of and Brazilians as kind of football fans or soccer fans. Um, it's almost like you see this feeling of right two parts of Brazil right trying to support their own teams. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the solution will come from this polarization. I think the solution will certainly come from finding a way of working with the two sides. I, I don't think that kind of going right polarization from either side is going to work. 
How tough, though, do you think it is to bring those two sides together? Because, as you said, these are pretty starkly different views that these two groups have on what the path of the country needs to be going forward. Yes. At the same time, I think both camps, there is this feeling of, okay, enough of corruption. Okay, we are for a democratic country. Uh, We are for some kind of change on that. So I think we should find this middle ground. Um, and I think also my, Ryan, my assessment of, of the future, whenever it is going to come, is there must be some new blood, some new solutions on the table. I think there's a overall dissatisfaction with the old political class. So I, I think the, right, the, the middle ground, somewhere where you're going to see commonality between those two different views of the world, mm-hmm is the idea of, you know, there's some change needed. That's enough. Uh, we don't want to see, uh, right, Brazil can no longer live with this level of corruption. Do you think that, how, how, how much farther do you think that the corruption scandal is going to continue going on in terms of, you know, when are we going to have some sort of resolution of it? So we are now, so today, right, it was announced, we are in the 25th stage of the process. So it started two years ago. One-fifth? No, two, two five. Oh, two, 25. 25. Okay, 25%. Okay. Uh, no, not 25%. Is the, the, the phase. So they have different phases. Oh, okay. So we had a 25th phase of the process. Oh, okay. I, so I'm sorry. We started two years ago, and they have kind of, I don't know, almost every month there's a different stage, a different phase of it. And t- today started the 25th. I think at this point, it should be close to an end, at least in terms of really identifying what are the major network of corruption and money laundering. Um, At the same time, right, most of the corruption has been focused on Petrobras, which is the most important Brazilian state-owned company. But there are reasons to believe that you would find similar schemes of corruption in, in other companies in Brazil as well. So I think on the one hand, I believe, right, we're very close to to reach an end on this main case of Petrobras. On the other hand, I think there will be similar cases going on in the future, um, hopefully at smaller scale. But, um, but yeah, I don't think this was an isolated case in the Brazilian economy. Well, and we have talked about on this show is that not only uh, did you have the Petrobras scandal uh, going on, but I think it was you that mentioned that you also have what's going on at the, at the government level with the people like uh, Dilma Rousseff and, and the people at that, that higher level, but you also have the corruption going on at the smaller level in, in the different parts, different regions of the country, which is something that also has to be continue to be looked at and, and tried to clean up as well. Yeah, so I think hopefully what you're going to see is, and, and you see then I think it's fascinating to see not only right how the judiciary is playing a very important role here, working together the federal police, etc., but also how much the press, Right? by giving a lot of publicity of what's going on, really raise awareness of the Brazilian population to those cases. Because if you ask me, are they all new cases? I don't think so. Right? I think a lot of those cases happened before. I think maybe what we're seeing now is a scale, an unprecedented scale, 
and also what we see is an unprecedented level of disclosure where press is really showing, right? So all those things are aired almost real time. So I don't know if you've seen this joke going through in the social media. It's kind of when you compare what's going on in Brazilian politics with House of Cards, House of Cards looks like politics <laughs> for beginners, right? Because and people are really watching, right? Every day their Facebook and their Twitter accounts and, and really following what's going on we have almost real-time sense of, of publicity of, of all those cases. Yeah. I keep, uh, in a variety of the articles that I read uh, over the weekend, I keep seeing the term liberty come up in a lot of them. And you get the sense that this almost feels a little bit like the potential of, I don't I, Maybe revolution is is a, is a hard hard term to use in this case, but you get the sense that that maybe it is a little bit of that that, that you know if we do see a, a resolution of the corruption case, if we do see uh, some sort of change uh, in terms of uh, who is leading the government, if we do see some of these things cleaned up, you know it is a little bit of a revolution that's going on. I think there's a. Uh certainly a cultural revolution in the sense of to what extent Brazilians are really right, involved in the, right, with the politicians in the way business is done, in the way uh, the political class operates. So I think this is very important. Right? So it's a, really a revolution in the way, right, in the Brazilian mindset. Uh, and I think also when, maybe when we think of revolution, we also think about this, right, a major change. Uh, and I think there's a lot of hope and expectation of a major change. Uh, I think we, right, the, the current government, if you take the, the two mandates of the former president, plus, right, we see the, President Rousseff in her second mandate, uh, it's almost 15 years. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, right, when we look south and, and we look to Argentina and we look the kind of the wave of hope and, and the wave right, of, of this revolution that you alluded to when President uh, Macri was elected, I can, I can feel that, that too in Brazil. So there's right in the middle of that mess, in the middle of that crisis. Uh, and also remember, then Brazilians are always very optimistic, right? So yeah. despite all that, I think there's also this, right, when you were saying liberty and freedom, and I think there's some of that too. Felipe Montero joins us from INSEAD. Uh, so it, if we go out another, let's say at the end of the year, uh, is the possibility of a new president even greater? Could we start to see that process by now, by that point? I think so, then. I think we are talking now no longer in terms of years, right? We're talking about week, uh, weeks or right, of a few weeks or a couple of months. So I think by the right, – I, I would say that by the Olympics, uh, we're probably going to have a, a new president in Brazil. Obviously, that depends, right? This is a political process, right? Depends sure. on how – Congress decides on, on those issues, but the case is there. The process has already started. Um, and I think, what, I think for me what is important is, first, right, that somehow the Brazilian people find a way right, of depolarizing this and, and, and finding a way of, of finding what, what it unites. Uh, it's going to be painful in any case, but I think right, the democratic process, all the publicity, uh, uh, I think it, it is important. And also that right, if we don't end just with right, – I don't think that impeaching the current president is going to solve the, the country's problem. So right. I think that energy in terms of that mobilization in terms of change and that mobilization in terms of kind of ending corruption should go on. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I see 
right? Uh, I, uh, I see the two sides of the story, and I, I really believe this is not a black and white situation. It's very nuanced, very complex. Um, I see the gravity of it, but I also see it with, with a lot of hope and, um, and with maybe with this eternal optimism of saying, yes, something better is going to come. Is there right now, as, as we talk, one or two potential people that could be that next president to try and help maybe turn the corner for Brazil and, and get them on a, on a path back to uh, you know, a more stable economy at this point? Or, as you alluded to, is that kind of still up in the air because of uh, the, the unknown situation within, uh, within the government itself? So I would say there are three different avenues that one can foresee, right? One yeah. is just you get what Constitution says, which is you impeach the president and you get a vice president. Right. Okay. Um, so it's clearly one possibility will be getting the vice president uh, and having a transition government until the next elections. Uh, the other possibility is that you go all the way through to really canceling the former elections and having new elections. Okay. And then if you have new elections, what you could see is either some former politician or some politician, but who is not involved directly now, like Marina Silva coming up as a, right, a serious contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the third option in this case of new elections is really getting a new person, right? really an outsider yeah. coming. Obviously, um, you had the former judge from right, the former chief of the Supreme Court, sure. uh, Judge Barbosa, as someone who is not a politician but might come up. Uh, some people see right, the judge, Judge Moore, who is heading the, the, the case now as potential. But I would say this would be really kind of some outsiders coming uh, to the political. I would say we are much closer to the other two possibilities, right? Either getting the vice president right. or if you get a new election, get a... Um, but yeah, so... Um, this is not clear at all then in terms of, uh, which is also interesting, that story, right? You see a lot of, and, and, and I heard maybe uh, this is an interesting metaphor. I heard it someone saying, you know, at a certain point, people decide to push right, the, the nuclear red button. Yeah. Okay. And so there's some devastation. So you're going to see a lot of people out of the game. Yeah. It's not clear who's going to survive. And I think it's not clear what's going to come to, to replace the existing um, Leaders, so so I think we should kind of watch that space and see uh, if a new leadership is going to emerge. It's not clear at this point. Felipe, great to have you back on the show. Thanks again. No, thank you, Dan. Great to have you, Felipe Montero of INSEAD. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.